National Talkie League. Rumble, young man, rumble. This is the National Talkie League. Can you feel it, my friends? Just let it turn the volume up a little bit and let let my breathing wash over your eardrums while Dave serenades you with the theme song you so crave. Nash in the Talkie League because we're back now. Nash in the Talkie League with our attack now. Nash in the Talkie League. It's audio crack now. Oh, man, so good. What are we back from exactly, Dave? We didn't really go anywhere. We just didn't record a podcast episode. I was going to say oral crack, but then I realized the homonym might confuse people. Oral crack. Interesting. Um, Yeah, because no one ever thinks A-U-R-A-L, right? No, they don't. Like, no one ever, you never, ever, ever see at the top of a Google search result page, did you mean oral sex? (laughs) Like, (laughs) O-R-A-L. Showing results for oral sex. That's what we think you meant. (laughs) How have you been, Mm. Roger? Uh, I've been up to my... Uh, elbows in camper van renovating and things like that. No, things are good, man. It's fun. It's been, uh, I'd like to say I've been like trying to squeeze out the remnants of this summer, but man, it's been a pretty Canadian summer (laughs) here in Calgary. That's for sure. Hey, you got a little facial hair going on there. Uh, How long has that been growing? Well, I'll tell you a secret. All right. And this show is not sponsored by the Philips one blade, but I got a Philips one blade, you see, and they've got that, um, uh, this like thing, it's called a stubble comb so that you can keep your stubble in check. And, uh, I don't like to have a, a shaved face and I also don't like to have a mangy face. This is kind of the milieu. So I'm rocking the old, uh, this is about a, this is about a two millimeter, Dave. This nice. is what you can expect from me after a long weekend camping. That's fantastic. You see this here, Roger? I'm looking at a lot of visual cues on today's podcast. Yeah. 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 I shaved at what six today. So... <laughs> Like Teen Wolf that way. Right? <laughs> I like the stubble blade too. Uh, this is uh, may not be interesting to the talkies, but uh, I last winter I grew a beard for the first time ever. Yes, you did. Ever, yeah. never, ever had a beard before. Never liked facial hair. It's itchy. I still don't like it. Um, but then when after the winter ended and I shaved, I found that clean shaven me looked wrong all of a sudden. Yeah. Like, you know, when you look at a, you say a word too many times and then you can't spell it anymore because it looks weird. Right. It was that. Yep. My face looked weird. So now I do the stubble too. I mean, other than right now, but, uh, yeah, I, I just put the stubble blade on and that way, you know what? You can let it go three or four days. Nobody even notices. You just look like you Homer know, Simpson be- all the time. Yeah. And facial hair is a weird thing anyway. Cause, uh, you know, if you, okay. It's like the, the longer you go without shaving, the worse you look and just like you don't you know you really don't belong in society you know like a like a bum right you ever notice how like bums have always got like just bad mangy scraggly facial hair but there's a point that you can get to where now all of a sudden you're like the epitome of modern day cool so i i look at bums and i'm just sort of like you know you guys are clearly shaving like once every six weeks and that's what's holding you back. <laughs> if you let it go, you know, find a greasy puddle to condition the beard in, you're going to be a hipster. You'll be able to get a job at any place that, that pays minimum wage. 
Uh, I was uh, we, we did the show at uh, Loose Moose last Saturday, and my son was with me. He was helping out backstage. And so after the show, uh, a couple of the people were like, hey, let's go over to Cold Garden. Are you familiar with Cold Garden? <laughs> yeah, right, for sure. Awesome place. And uh, so we went over there. And uh, so first of all, there was a whole hassle with trying to find something non-alcoholic until the bartender remembered that they actually have Sunny D on tap, which I don't know what that's nice. about. But, uh, so anyways, I said to my son at one point, I was like, hey – Check out that guy with the beard. <laughs> no, no, wait. Check at, out the guy with Cold Garden. Yeah. Check out the guy with the toque and the beard. <laughs> <laughs> what the guy in the plaid shirt, Dad? Yeah, that's the guy. Yeah. Oh man, uh, so much to talk about in the in the wide world of Canada. Um, I'm going to do this is my challenge for this podcast, Dave, to make it through the entire episode without bringing up the notwithstanding clause, because. Two things. One, I don't know what the fuck that is. And two, I think that 47 counselors for Toronto is too many and 25 would suit them just fine. Yeah. What do I know? I don't live there. I think it's so funny because friends of mine in Toronto are like, this is, I mean, apart from the fact that the the federal government's trying to tell the city what to do, which does seem a little ridiculous. uh, They're like, how can one counselor possibly handle the concerns of 100,000 people? And I was like, oh, you mean like in Calgary? Like that's pretty yeah. much exactly what we have, is it not? Give yeah, or take. By the way, like, <laughs> how can he not handle the concerns of a hundred thousand people? Like, what? I, yeah, I don't know. I think that we we kind of um, misunderstand exactly what a counselor's job is, and I think that there's a lot of people that think their most of their gig is occupied, like. Um, sitting in their office and handling complaints from people who think their crosswalk should be 50 feet further up the road or something like that. I don't know. I just, we're so overgoverned in this country. And every time somebody does something to add more politicians to the mix, I just think it's a joke. Listen, they're Canadians. You have a hundred thousand constituents. Two of them will actually bother to talk to you because <laughs> the rest would think it's impolite to bother you. Yeah. One I of those two people tweet. is Larry Heather. And, uh, <laughs> Yeah, right. No, I saw some weird tweet about um, some politician. Oh, somebody in Edmonton who'd made a decision. I don't even remember. It, it doesn't matter. But the tweet was from somebody who was like retweeting this story and said, uh, you know, I, I elect you to represent me, but you should check in with us to see what we think about things. And I was like, no, they shouldn't. That's not the bargain. We pick someone for four years to make decisions on our behalf. And if you don't like them, you fire them after four years. That's how this thing should work if we want it to be efficient. Absolutely. Uh, that Almost that same argument came up with the, uh, the liberal MP who crossed the floor this week. Ah, God love her. That was a good speech. Um, and yeah, so people, of course, are saying like, well, that's ridiculous. They should have another election right away. And But it's like, nope, that's not what the rules say. The rules say that you vote for a person. I mean, I know the reality is that many of us don't do that, but that's how it goes. You know, I would like to, to have someone show me in the Westminster Parliament where it accommodates parties. Because as I understand it, and, you know, as we're taught in high school, like you represent someone to go and be your, you know, the constituency's representative in government. And sure, they, they're going to align with parties, but that's a bastardization of, of the parliament, the parliamentary system. I mean, there's nothing at the outset that says we have to have two teams. <laughs> one has to be progressive. One has to be conservative. 
Right. So for her to change, it's sort of like she said in that speech, my oath is to my country. I've got to serve my constituents and do what I think is right. And at the heart of what we, you know, send people to government to do, I think she's correct. I don't I'm not nearly as offended uh, by floor crossers uh, as as many, many people are, particularly in this province where, you know, we obviously had a pretty notorious event that brought the Wild Rose Party into a kind of a new new era, I suppose. But was that um, that wouldn't be the one where the leader of the opposition crossed the floor and then later became a radio host. What it? <laughs> well, you know, you got to do what you got to do. It was weird. Yeah, there's, there's, anyway, that's, that's history. Let's talk about, <laughs> let's talk about modern politics. Let's talk about um, this guy, the Premier of Alberta and Minister of the Crown, uh, the Honorable Jason Kenney, <laughs> who traveled to uh, India to sell lentils and beans and to, I don't know, this, this Kenny India trip thing kind of grew a bit of a, an odd head, I think. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I mean, the first I saw of it, of course, was the reaction from, you know, on Reddit from the left saying, oh, how dare you? You know, who are you actually representing? Is it the UCP or is it the government? Because because we're going to get you in trouble. Um, <laughs> just kind of <laughs> kind of the, the response that we seem to be hearing. Uh, my big thing is uh, I have two 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 stances on this. The first stance is a buffalo stance. No, the first stance. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. I had wow. um, the first. The first one was that uh, I don't. Um, I haven't heard any officialness on either side, so I don't know whether uh, whether it is an officially sanctioned trip. I haven't heard any actual reporters using those terms. My second stance is it's kind of genius if you think about it, right? Because it, I mean, you could say, oh, no, it's an asshole move. You're you're not actually representing Alberta. And that may be true. But the odds are really good that he very soon will be representing Alberta. And so by doing this, it's almost like he's saying, you know what? I'm already in charge, guys. And if all the NDP do is, you know, throw a little tantrum about it, it just sort of feeds into that narrative that he's already in charge. Like from a politically from a political perspective, I think it's pretty shrewd. I got to say, yeah, um, I I think it's I agree with you, but I also think it's pretty obvious, and I'll tell you why. Like first of all, I don't think there's anything offside here. Um, I, I the one article that I read that the Star or whatever they, the Metro is called now uh, included a tweet from some Indian politician, and the way I interpreted it is yeah, sorry, but the, the politician called Jason Kenney a minister of the crown or something to that effect. And the way I interpreted that oh, the, is the that, honorable minister, I think. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I, I don't think Kenny's over there misrepresenting himself so much as I think that a staffer over there is a shitty Googler and, you know, a tr- read something from 2012. So, um, the, the, India is an interesting place because it's, you know, we have a potential to do a lot of trade there, but they're currently screwing us on pulse imports, Dave. And if you know what I mean, uh, our lentil farmers in this province and bean farmers are getting screwed by India right now. And so for Kenny to spend a little bit of money to look like he's really going to bat for farmers, for agriculture in this province, 
I think is a, is a kind of an obvious move, right? Just kind of shore up that rural vote, um, get a little holiday in India while you're at it. But, you know, for as much as the message could be, I'm in charge now, like you may as well talk to me, I'm in charge now. I just sort of look at it as like, why not lay the groundwork? Like, you know, he, did he go there representing the government of Alberta? Because he certainly doesn't represent the government of Alberta, but he sure does represent Alberta. He's an elected politician in Alberta. So as far as I'm concerned, he's free to roam and talk about how he thinks business should be done. Yeah. And I mean, to that point, we do sell a lot of, you know, lentils and what have you to India and they are a huge consumer of same. So it's not the worst thing in the world to try to get a good deal there and and get some of that going. But they're blocking, but they're blocking lentils from Alberta. Like just to be clear, like they're, they are uh, throttling the import of this product. So it's like, it's a sticking point. It's a sore point for a lot of Alberta farmers. And for Kenny to mention that explicitly in, in this trip is like, is pretty crafty. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, like everybody's looking at it like, oh, how dare you? He doesn't know what he's doing. What a buffoon. I'm thinking like, no, I, I think he figured this one out. <laughs> For I think sure. This is just more, you know, he's he's campaigning. Actually, he's post campaigning. He's positioning himself as the guy who's running things already. I'm not saying that he's saying that. I'm saying yeah. he's he's doing things that someone who's running the place would be doing, thereby giving the impression that he is already in charge. Yep. No, fine. Fair enough. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> um yeah i i don't know i still contend that we're just cruising towards ucp day here in (laughs) here in alberta like is it and you know i i read uh w brett wilson tweeted that you know the the days on the federal liberal party calendar are numbered believing that somehow there's a, a you know changes in the air and i i kind of read it i'm like that's really really wishful thinking unless he believes that Max and Bernier's party is going to be a force to be reckoned with. What do you think? Uh, well, I I can't see. We were mocking Derek Fildebrandt for exactly the same thing. You got less than a year. You got to field 87 candidates. You got to vet them all. Well, Bernier's got the same problem, but he's got 300 and change that he's got to do, right? Right. If he wants to be a, a force, he's got to run people at least in enough can you know ridings that he's got to – shot at having a decent number of seats. So maybe he doesn't run one in every riding, but maybe he sort of picks and chooses. He's still got an awful lot of work to do to become any kind of a force. I don't see the PCs winning the next election. I don't see Bernier and the PCs winning the next election or, or putting their seats together and coming up with a majority. I just don't see it happening. I think Trudeau's going to take it in a cakewalk. In a cakewalk. Okay. Um, I had an heard the comparison or even really thought of the comparison between what Bernier did and what Fildebrand did. And I kind of want to put that on the board and slice it up a little bit because it's interesting. The only difference I would, I would, I'd think of is that Kenny is a slam dunk for victory and Fildebrand has no place in his party. So he starts right. another one. Similarly, Bernier has no place in, in um, Andrew Shear's conservative party and like, you know, he was kind of told that in not so many words. Um, but Ber- Sheer is far from a, a, a sure thing as far as winning an election for the conservatives. I mean, that guy's probably, I think he's the worst thing to happen to the conservative party. Um, well, I don't, I, and, and you're right. And I, for that reason, I don't understand Bernier's decision, especially at this time. 
Like well, I get that he I get that he doesn't like the direction the PC party's going in at the moment, but we all know that odds are pretty good they're going to lose the next election. If they lose the next election, odds are pretty good they're someone's going to call for a leadership review. And then so, the odds are pretty good that maybe he wins it unless he just knows the fix is in so far that he's got no chance at ever being <laughs> in charge. Well, maybe that's it. Let's kind of dice that 338 people uh, candidates thing too, because you know you're correct, but we have like in recent history the NDP forming the opposition with people that were like out of the country during the campaign, <laughs> like teenage bartenders from from Quebec that became NDP uh, uh, candidates, right? And so I sort of wonder if. If you need, think about it as a pyramid, right? Where you've got Maxim Bernier at the top with all the ideas and he's the engine. And then like a cabinet, uh, you know, say 30 candidates who are real rock stars. And then another 30 that are, you know, real strong and, and you know, you could, you could really uh, throw them a portfolio and they'd be able to handle it. Or they could be associate ministers or something like that. And then, you know, we're looking at, I guess, about 270-odd schmucks who are looking for part-time work. Like, isn't that enough to, you know, to get a majority? You know, it kind of makes me want to go, uh, yeah, I'll throw my hat. Uh, I'll run in, uh, you know, Strathmore or, uh, <laughs> right. or, you know, in the middle of nowhere. Sundry, I will be your candidate, Maxime. Because, you know, if I lose, who cares, right? And if I win, hey, I'm on the, you know, I got, I got myself a pension, man, for life. <laughs> you should be careful because if, if somebody in that camp hears this podcast, they might think, hey, cool, I just got a twofer. <laughs> yeah, God, we got some guys here. <laughs> yeah, they, and the beauty thing is they live in different uh, constituencies. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. I, I just sort of think that we we tend to idealize sometimes like what government is when you think about it. And then we forget recent lessons, like recent history, like half of the NDP in Alberta is just like, I didn't, I just thought it would be fun. I didn't know I was going to actually become an MLA, right? We saw that with the federal NDP. I'm pretty sure that every single government, you know, conservative, liberal in the past 30 years has got somebody sitting in the benches going, yeah, the commute's a bitch, <laughs> but you get summers off. <laughs> Um, and you have to think that there's a lot of people running even for the conservatives that ran in the last provincial election who just ran because they thought, ah, I'll be a shoe in no problem, right? There's no question. I'm running for the conservatives. I got, I'm going to be in the government. No. Oh, what? I'm not? What? Well, look, when, when that floor crossing that we mentioned before happened, right, and it basically decimated the, the Wild Rose ranks, they still had to run candidates in an election that Jim Prentice called, what, like – Two, three months later. I can't remember. I guess it would have been May in 2015. Is that right? So they would have had, you know, less than half a year to get Wild Rose candidates. I bet you they would go into like the Tim Hortons and going, has anybody ever thought of it would be fun to be in government? And if they heard a peep, they signed that guy up. Well, and you know how you get it? You get that seat in Maxim's party is all you got to do is you go out to Sundry. You jump up on a table and you say, you know who I'm super tired of is Justin Trudeau. <laughs> like, don't even worry about, about discussing whether the PCs are the right choice or not. Don't even talk about the PCs. All you got to do is slam Trudeau until your face is blue. You will win that seat. <laughs> what is Maxim's party called? The People, wait, wait. People's Party? Huh? 
The People's Party. Yeah, and I was just going to say, till your face is blue, but that's blue. the PCs color, right? Blue Sorry, the face. I can't call them the PCs anymore. I keep doing that. You you told me not to do that. The conservatives. <laughs> so, what color is is Maxim Bernier's party going to be? I don't know. He's got a. Uh, he can't be red. Obviously, he can't no. be. He can't be yellow. Yellowish orange. No. He can't be green. No. Maybe he'll be purple. I don't know. That's a little progressive, don't you think? <laughs> Um, well, yeah, but it'd be right, right in the middle of, right in the middle of red and and blue. So maybe it'll resonate with people. There was a poll that said he had something like 17% or 17% of Canadians said that they would vote for Maxim Bernier's offshoot party. And I saw something, I mean, looking back at the, the leadership split, um, like 49.1% of people thought that he should be the leader of the conservatives. Right. So I really actually, the, the more I, the more it kind of mar- I marinate in the thought, the more I think that um, it's legit that Maxim Bernier is actually going to take a lot of seats and score certainly score a lot of votes. And unfortunately, he might uh, split the right vote and, and help Trudeau to that cakewalk that you talked about. Well, the interesting thing for me would be if he could avoid this sort of getting pushed further right than the conservatives, right? Which is a lot of people are painting him as being that you know, the alt-right choice. Right. If he's smart enough and if he can play back into the middle and say, look, you know what? We don't care about social policies. We don't want to talk about changing things for people. We want to govern less. We want to be your libertarian choice. We just want to get the money fixed. We want to get rid of the, you know, the dairy thing. And uh, let's, you know what? Let's, let's not worry about these things that are dividing us right now. If he could be smart and get in the middle of things, then I could see him really going on a tear. You know? Yeah, you know, and he's got. I, I think that that's the strategy. That's the best strategy is to just put a stake in the ground and say, um, "I'm okay with gay people, and this country should be too." And you know, and just get this like, just put it right on the table and, and really quotable, like no commas in those sentences, real snippets, shit that tweets well, and just get rid of all the social conservative stuff, and then just say that's the line. And by the way. If you disagree with me on these, I will ask you to do me the favor of not voting for myself or any of my candidates. And just like tell those people, there's no room for you in this party. I think that that would just open up the back door of the tent and people would be like, hey, wicked. Glad to, glad to be here. Yeah, it, it, so it could be really interesting. The, the disappointing thing will be if, like we just said, if he ends up getting pushed to the far right of the conservatives and becoming sort of the, the wild rose party of, a, of Canada. Right. That would be disappointing, I think. Uh, yeah, I agree. I wonder if the time is right for it, though. Like if, if you know, Doug Ford's election in, in Ontario kind of played into what Bernier was thinking and maybe said, like, yeah, now's the time to this. I could pull this off. You know, if Bernie, if, if Ford doesn't win the nomination and doesn't win the, the premiership in, in Ontario, I wonder if Bernie is still kind of just sitting in the back benches, winding down his political career. I wonder if he is hearing something in the wind. Yeah, it's it's very interesting to me that the timing, I'm still trying to get over that. I think there must be there must be some talk going on amongst the conservatives. There must be enough sort of dissent or or hatred or whatever there to say, look, <laughs> we don't care if, if Shear's out, you're never gonna be in charge. Like he must have burned enough bridges inside the party. Because otherwise, I mean, I don't know. There, is anybody saying the conservatives had a shot at winning the next election? Is anybody saying that? I am not hearing it. And is it, I, and now this I don't know, but is it common to lose the prime ministership and then just stay on as the leader of the opposition 
for years and years and not just sort of exit quietly. It is not common and you don't stay on as leader. Yeah. So why, unless Bernier doesn't see himself as the next guy up, even though he came in second last time, maybe that's it. Maybe, Oh, I came in second, which means the party doesn't want me. Although it was pretty close. Uh, they picked the other guy, therefore I'm damaged good, so they won't pick me next time. Yeah, I see your point. It, I think, I don't know what the history of um, also Rand's, you know, eventually getting a shot at leading the party is at, at the federal level, uh, but I, I sense you're correct. It's kind of a, you know, no chance in hell sort of situation. But I think moreover, um, Bernier kind of is of the same mind as me in that, you know, Shear's election as leader kind of guarantees that Trudeau gets another four years. And so, you know, Bernie, I don't know how old he is now, but he don't want to wait five years to try to become the, the leader of the country. He wants to do it right now. Well, and it's like uh, with the Democrats in the United States, would they run Hillary Clinton again? They could no. say, look, <laughs> hey, she got the she won the popular vote. There's no reason we shouldn't run her again. But there's no chance in hell that they would run her again, right? Are you talking about crooked? Hillary? She lost. She's yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> right. Because she lost. She's she's got that brand about her now. She's the loser, even though <laughs> by all means, by every possible measure, the United States would be so much further ahead if they'd elected her. Regardless, um, what she's damaged goods, and I think that's the same thing with Bernier. I don't know. I like my portfolio, dude. <laughs> I, I like the economy of the United States. It seems to be, it's weird. I kind of thought of these trade wars and tariffs and shit would really kind of break, uh, break things down in the U S but somehow it's happening. Things are, are green yeah. lights everywhere for that country. I'm just, uh, I'm a little concerned about what that follow. It's going to look like in this country in a year and change, you know? Yeah. No kidding. No shit. Um, man, we've ticked a few boxes here, buddy far as this podcast goes and you put out on the facebook and the beleaguered talkies group just a, a simple query hey what do you want to hear about on the uh, podcast that we hit up today and did you get right. some uh, did you get some delightful responses from anybody named brian like brian or brian or brian any of the brians we did indeed i'm just logging back in here to find out what they were who logs out of facebook <laughs> Uh, I had to close my whole browser down. Uh, brutal. Had to be done. The exciting part where we do some typing. Okay, so here we go. Um, yeah, and uh, kudos to the beleaguered talkies. Lots of chatter this week. It was great going in there and having some great conversations, like all through the week, not even just the stuff that we put up today. Uh, so today we asked... We said, you know, what do you want to know about? And Brian, Brian H said, uh, what are you watching? And it occurred to me, we haven't done what, what, what you watching for a very long time now. Right. Uh, by choice, I think we were doing it because uh, we're trying to focus a little bit. So I made a list. I'm going <laughs> to hit it for you. Ready? Here you go. If you want to talk about any of these, you can stop me, but I'm just going to hit the list. Ready? Here we go. Castle Rock, amazing. Better Call Saul, still amazing. The Venture Brothers, super weird. If you're high, it's great. Not that I get high, but it's, you know, that kind of show. Uh, Trial and Error, this weird little NBC show. Very funny. If you're checking it out, check it out. Uh, Succession, HBO, really good. Uh, Lodge 49, eh, I don't know. It's kind of weird. Uh, Barry, Showtime, great show. Just won some uh, Emmy Awards. Parks and Rec, 
my buddy Norm writes for uh, Parks and Rec, was uh, watching the show and then asking him questions about the episodes, and he was responding to me. It's like a new way to watch television. Amazing. <laughs> uh, I highly recommend you become friends with people who write network shows so that you could ask them questions. Uh, American Vandal, second season just started. I finally watched the first season. Super funny. Uh, and Ozark, which is just okay this year. There you go. That's what I'm watching. Have you watched The American Vandal on the Netflix, Roger? Never heard of it. Never heard of it. It is. It is. Let's put it this way. It's um, Making a Murderer, but with high school students, done by the AV department. And the crime is that someone uh, spray painted a bunch of dicks on people's cars. And uh, these that. two high school. Yeah. Sounds funny. Yeah. These two students kind of go through the process of trying to figure out who drew the dicks, who had the opportunity, you know, figuring out the timeline. It's pretty well done. I got to say. Uh, I just watched the first episode of Norm Macdonald has a show on Netflix. Oh, and I, so good. Yeah. I, here's what I, I put to you this, that Norm Macdonald, if he hadn't um, encountered the person who could give him his break on Saturday night live, maybe that'd be Lauren Michaels uh, would be a doddering crazy man that no one would find funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. Uh, I didn't watch that episode. I watched the one right after that, which was Drew Barrymore mm-hmm. and he seemed a little rusty. I got to say, maybe those are the first couple he did. Uh, mm-hmm. but by the time you get further into the season, his episode with Michael Keaton, very fun. I mean, Michael Keaton's a pretty funny guy to start with. Uh, and then, uh, he had David Letterman on there and I, I implore all of the talkies to go and watch the Norm Macdonald interview with David Letterman. Uh, I couldn't stop laughing throughout the whole thing. Beautiful. Well, my friend, um, I didn't come with uh, much of a loaded clip uh, for tonight's uh, episode, uh, tonight's recording of this episode. Uh, I am glad that we got to um, put in some counterpoint on the uh, Kenny India trip, because uh, some of the conversations and and responses that I read about it, like the Alberta government saying damage control needs to be done here. I'm like, for what? Like, what damage did he do? Uh, anyway, um, so I, I'm glad that we got to get into that. And we managed to um, not give much credence to uh, Drew Farrell's 30 kilometers an hour in residential zones. I, I sort of feel like discussing that suggests that the notion has merit, which it doesn't. <clears throat> uh, I think discussing Drew Farrell as though she has merit is a mistake in general. <laughs> wow. OK, shots fired. Um but, but you know, my, my only partially loaded clip then, Dave, is officially empty for this episode. What say you? Uh, I say I think you're right. Uh, like I said, there was a, quite a bit of discussion going on. There, are, I'm certain there are, are topics that we could take on. But uh, I think maybe we call this one, uh, uh, put a bow on this one, and uh, we do it again real soon. All right. So please uh, join us in that aforementioned beleaguered talkies Facebook group. We love it when you make suggestions like uh, Laura did this week or like Tyler did this week about uh, penis shaming the president. Uh, anything is uh, is open for dialogue and we love to participate with you there uh, when we're not recording these episodes. So uh, thank you so much to everybody who's active. And if you want to be in that group again, just send us a request. It's it's closed. Um, but uh, we let anybody in. You remember those those halcyon days? When we didn't know what the president's penis looked like. <laughs> when we, when, it, when, remember those days when somebody was not making Mario Kart meme references on, on Reddit? I don't know. I saw all these Mario Kart mushrooms on Reddit. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. <laughs> like, then I had to back channel the story and go, that's disappointing. 
and Nintendo got in on it too. That was the weird part hmm. before they figured out what was going on. Right. Um, so we went uh, 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 penis president with Clinton. Clinton's penis was was fairly newsworthy. Nobody wanted to talk about uh, about W's penis. Nobody wanted to talk about Obama's penis, and I think we all know why. You know, because <laughs> we're all going to start measuring, and I suspect going to come up a little short. And then, <laughs> and then we're back to penis president. I'm feeling a little more McDonaldy right there. <laughs> and then we're back to penis president again. All right. Again, if Hillary had won, <laughs> nobody's talking about penises. Um. I don't even know what to add to that. I'm kind of in a speechless mode right now. All I really have is my sign-off. Take it away, Roger. Have a great sports weekend.